folks. Welcome to A Different Direction. We cover stories of the strange, document the weird, stuff like that. I'm Dave. I'm Diana. And today we're talking about episode 19 of The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr., Brooklyn Dodgers. Take me out to the ball game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's remarkably little baseball in this episode. None. None. None at all. It's just like some people wanted to have a chuckle. (laughs) Before we go get into the episode, uh, if you want to reach out to us, you can tweet at us at DiffDirectionPod or email us at differentdirection at TGIFRK.com. First, I want to uh, thank Sean Holland for the recommendation he gave out for the episode. There was somebody today tweeting about a show they wanted to see, uh, the, the, a show they wish was streaming, and they listed The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. And Sean mentioned our podcast, and I was able to inform them that it actually is streaming on Tubi. Excellent work. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for that. Uh, also, I got some pretty important information from my friend Chris about the last episode. So I was Ooh. able to flip you on Twitter uh, in response to our last episode. So I, uh, it seems, need to apologize to you because you were actually correct about something that I didn't pick up on that I we totally missed. We were talking last week about how, you know, Elvis was the sheriff, but they never made a jailhouse rock joke. Mm-hmm. So, here's what Chris wrote. Regarding the Jailhouse Rock joke in the latest Briscoe, you may have missed it because it's the first thing he says. When he comes out of the office yawning and says, excuse me, it was a late night last night. Warden threw a pa- party in the county jail. Oh, yeah! <laughs> yeah. The prison band was there and they began and that's when Briscoe cuts him off. Those are lyrics from that song. They are totally lyrics from that song. Yep. And I totally... I think yeah. I... I remember that now, mm-hmm. and I was like, too like blown back. Yeah, yeah, with yeah, yeah. Shock. Yeah, yeah. To even write it down. <laughs> yeah, I remember that line, but I just absolutely did not pick up what it was, and so I was like surprised they never said that phrase. But like, that's a better way to do that joke than just shoehorning the phrase "Jailhouse Rock" into the episode like they did with that in the ghetto line mm-hmm. which felt very shoehorned in continuing on chris went on to say uh i watched the wiggles with my two-year-old and in a video as recently as 2020 the eldest member is doing elvis gestures in association with the general concept of rock and roll and i'll wager there are 25 year olds with young kids who are like why is that guy doing those things yep <laughs> Absolutely. I also think we should just move away from Elvis as being an icon since yeah. he's stole a lot of his stuff. Yep. I mean I mean most He still had a major cultural impact. We don't did. have to ignore that and he is still a The way he acted was such a very like odd thing that like he it is still a recognizable impression i, I but also I think... like jailhouse rock was a cover mm-hmm. by it's you know that woman that what well, hound dog was was jailhouse yes. rock yeah yes yeah hound dog was a cover of um god i'm gonna look her up i i, I know the name but i'm drawing a blank on it right now but, um big mama thornton yes yeah. i was like it's it's, it's like catchy name yeah i was like i feel like it has mama in it yeah 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 i had elements of her name in my head but i just couldn't i feel like i saw her first in the movie amelie 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She totally is in that. But, I mean, briefly, and right. I feel like I, and I'm like, we need to know more about her. Yeah, absolutely. She's amazing. She is, yeah. Agreed. Um, anyways. So, all I was saying was, I agree with you that Elvis never should have had the attention that he had compared to the people he was taking his stuff from. Mm-hmm. I fully agree with that. I still think he's culturally had a major impact so it's not like you can just erase that but no but yeah i absolutely agree that the people that he took his music from we can remember elvis but not big mama thornton yeah Yeah. right also chris also uh had one last thing where he said that sunny red is clearly colonel parker who managed uh elvis into fame and was a really bad dude yeah, no, and that is a thing I was aware of, and I actually was thinking he, he seemed like uh, a, a Colonel Parker type, because which made it kind of obvious that he was going to betray him because he because he was terrible. Uh, but I couldn't find anything that explains how that's in any way connected to the way if there's any connection between Colonel Parker and the way he talked which is such an important part of the sunny red character and the name i think still comes from the bodyguards Mm -hmm. uh but he definitely was based on colonel parker i agree with we don't know about elvis (laughs) and neither does anyone else (laughs) well yeah well the unless the wiggles now i guess (laughs) right (laughs) they're wiggling off <laughs> I don't know what I, I I know what the Wiggles is, but I don't. Right. We don't got kids. It's like five dancing worms <laughs> that sing songs. They're all just those things outside of a, the car dealerships. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Anyway, thank you, Chris, for that information. That is very useful to know. I mean, is it useful? I don't know, but it's helpful for... I like it for this episode. Well, I keep seeing things about Elvis now, so... Yeah. Clearly being haunted. (laughs) Right. Well, that was the thing, like, right after we did that episode, you sent me that video you had watched that was Mm -hmm. about, like, Elvis and, and taking stuff. It wasn't about Elvis, but it was about people who aren't black taking things from black people and black culture and what mm-hmm. ways of speaking. And it, a major part of it was talking about Elvis and Big Mama Thornton and such. And then didn't you say you just saw a reference on Criminal Minds? Like yeah, Elvis? I think season 11. 11, yeah. And season 11, which I think is 2015? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. But people that watch Criminal Minds probably know Elvis. I mean, it's probably not even the first Elvis joke in there. (laughs) Yeah, probably. It's that show went on for so long. It's It's very weird to to see icons (laughs) disappear. Uh huh. But I think we are. Just why don't you just fade away? You know. (laughs) Yep. But that is absolutely what's happening, I think, with Elvis. I think he's fading away. He's, But he's clearly not gone. He, like, 2020. They're wiggling him back the, in the timeline. Wiggling line. him back, yeah. 
Anyway, uh, right around this episode, uh, Donald Marcus hasn't written an episode of this before now, but at this point had written nine episodes of Knots Landing. Okay. <laughs> then went on to write some of uh, the show Prey, which is definitely a contender for this show. Okay. And then nine episodes of the show Pacific Blue, which I don't know if you remember that, but that is the uh, Mario Lopez show about California <gasps> bike cops. What? <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Okay. I there's so many one season police like police procedural mm-hmm. shows. So this is many. not one season. This was a this went on for like five seasons. It had a hundred and one episodes. They okay. did the thing where you gotta get that fifth season in so you go over a hundred for syndication. I want to say it was on USA. I, I recall if I recall, I'm not sure. Sounds about right. <laughs> Um, just anything goes on in the USA (laughs) as long as it's bad (laughs) bad and takes your money yep characters welcome anyway uh, (laughs) director of this episode was Kim Manners our old friend Kim Manners uh, who prior to this had directed No Man's Land Showdown, Steel Horses and Bounty Hunter Convention. And was in Sonic Youth. <laughs> what? Okay, I know it's not. It's that other person that's also named Kim. I'm really bad at names. <laughs> if I need to remember it, uh-huh. it's gone. Yep. 360 of the other days of the year. I, I assume that it's gone at least, you know, five times a year. <laughs> Kim Gordon. Yes, yeah. Kim Gordon. I don't know. I'm not into Sonic Youth. <laughs> yeah, I'm not super into Sonic Youth either. So they I was just like, kicked me out. <laughs> they kicked me out because they're like, you can't remember anyone's name. <laughs> I was like, sorry. And they're like, you don't even know how to play an instrument. Get out of here. <laughs> the ground stomped me out of there. Mamma mia. <laughs> all right, that's already going to be weird. It's already going in don't, a weird place. And I'm happy. You can just cut all of this no, out. No. All right. No need. Um, all right, do you have content warnings for this one? Um, Just kind of racist. Yeah, a little bit of casual okay, racism. I don't know if you can be kind of racist. Just racist. Oh, I think you can. I think the thing is, there is intentional racism and then there's casual racism and there's definitely a fair a, a couple of instances of casual racism in this yep this is this uh, i feel like when you get ca- casual racism is the sort of thing where when you tell someone 20 years later like hey that was kind of racist that thing you wrote and they look back and go oh yeah it was wasn't it i uh definitely shouldn't have written that well it's just very like stereo yeah. Typical, like, this is fine, right? Yeah. And then you're like, oh, maybe that yeah, wasn't okay. Yeah, I guess it wasn't fine. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't think there were... It, it's a thing where it's like, it doesn't read like it's trying to be hurtful in exactly, but it's no, like... No, but I, it's not good. You, yeah, you're just like, meh. Meh. Eh. Yeah. So, all right. Ready, uh, to, ready to spoil it? Ready. Briscoe and Bowler are searching for a bounty. Instead, they find a couple of kids trying to steal Comet. The kids are trying to get to San Francisco by Thursday noon so they can inherit a gold mine. Or the 
head of the orphanage they were at is going to steal it. They are at an orphanage because uh, their family died in a ferry accident. Obviously, uh, uh, Bowler's so sad that they're definitely going to help every, uh, uh, help these kids out. So they end up trying to help bring these kids to uh, San Francisco. Briscoe wires uh, Socrates to make sure that the gold mine doesn't end up going to the head of the orphanage, Wolf, and right away... Socrates meets a guy who's like, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm the actual heir for this uh, gold mine. Those kids I'm are a Traherne. I'm a Traherne. That's their name. That's not just a weird thing we're saying. I um, got my Traherne. <laughs> Socrates uh, immediately knows he's lying because he says the kids are dead. But this guy's still going to end up getting it if he can't, if Socrates can't prove that who this guy is. So that's his mission. That's the B story in this one. <laughs> that guy's probably not going to get it, considering right after trying to claim he's the heir, uh, the Irish gang, the Johnnies, show up, and they're like, hey, you've got a debt with us, and we'll pay it off by murdering you and stealing the gold mine. Let's go. And then they do that. They murder the guy and go uh, try and get the kids so they can get the gold mine themselves. Back at the camp, where Briscoe and Buller are trying to help these kids, the kids immediately steal their horses again and try and go away, but they... Obviously, that doesn't work, because Comet ain't gonna get stolen. Briscoe and Buller find them very quickly. But the thing is, Tommy, uh, it's Tommy and Shannon, Tommy tried to go because he doesn't trust anybody. Last time he trusted somebody, it was Wolf, and Wolf double-crossed him. And I'm like, obviously, don't trust a wolf. That's the whole thing. Do you think that his suit is made out of wool? (laughs) (laughs) That would be amazing. Anyway, so that's why he tries to get away. Back to Socrates, he's trying to find a fairy captain, who is the only person other than these kids that survived the crash. Right? Yeah, he's totally the only person who survived the crash other than these kids, and he's the only one who'll know that this guy isn't really who he says he is. Uh, in an attempt to track him down, he finds his way to a, the first bit of casual racism. Uh, the casual. The first bit? What about the Irish gang? Oh, you're right. Wasn't even thinking about the Irish gang. The second bit of casual racism. <laughs> that second bit of casual racism sends him uh, to where he can find the captain. The captain is not going to help, except he kind of helps a little bit by pointing him in the direction of a mansion. He's like, lady there will help you. Back to Briscoe and co. The Johnnies find them and is like, we'll help you out. You're some kids from back home. We've gone all the way to California from Brooklyn just to help you out. They're very obviously evil, and because of that, Tommy doesn't fall for it. JK, Tommy falls for it immediately, because he's dumb. The kids ride off uh, ahead, and the Johnnies try to kill Briscoe and Bowler, but they fail because of shenanigans. That is not a joke about them being Irish. The kids make it to the town, Shannon goes for the sheriff, but the gang finds Tommy, and they bring him to another bit of casual racism in the form of a club with some belly dancers. Back to Socrates. He goes to the mansion. Owner won't talk to Socrates. She hasn't left the house in 28 years. The housekeeper is just like, she won't help. Bye. And then says some stuff in another language. Briscoe and Bowler catch up to the gang. They manage to get Tommy away from Johnny's with the help of some belly dancer shenanigans. Second time, that is a joke about them being Irish. Johnny still thinks the gang <laughs> might be chill uh, until they punch Briscoe and he suddenly thinks, oh, they might be bad guys. Uh, but it's too late for him to do anything about it. So he's just going to go along with them now. Uh, jump back to the mansion. Socrates is there again. He has now figured out uh, that he wasn't there for the woman that lives at the house. He's there for the housekeeper. Uh, because the thing she said to him was in Gaelic. Because she's Irish, just like everybody else on the ferry. 
And so she must know these kids. She gets upset because she thinks he's taking advantage of some dead kids. And he's like, uh, they're alive. And she's like, uh, they're my kids. Yay, found their mom. She didn't die. Hooray. We just assume they had died because the fairy sank. Back to Briscoe and Co. They're very close by. And they're now at the uh, the lawyer. The gang has brought Tommy and Briscoe to the to the lawyer's place. They bring Tommy inside to sign the deed. They bring Briscoe around the corner to murder him. But they fail because Bowler gets a jump on everybody. Tommy leaves with the deed. Billy, the head of the gang, is like, great, now sign it over to me. And Briscoe's like, what if no? And then there's a big shootout. Nobody gets shot. A thousand bullets get fired. Nobody gets shot. There's a big chase into an alley, a fight on a fire escape. Briscoe punches Billy a bunch of times and Billy's like, oh, I've lost. Oh, no, I'm fine. Oh, I give up. Oh, oh, no. Oh. And Briscoe believes that because he's dumb. Uh, <laughs> Bill Billy pulls a switchblade, attacks him, falls over the fire escape, dies back to the lawyer's office double signing the deed i don't really know what they're doing back at the lawyer's office except socrates brings the mom there hooray they're reunited and rich now yay the end i feel like they go to the office at the end because they have nowhere else to go <laughs> yeah but also that lawyer or whatever that works with socrates or mm -hmm. has you know the deed for the gold mine mm -hmm. does not okay <laughs> Just that ending line of of now here comes the hard part and the and he's like, What are you talking about? <laughs> they got money, don't they? And mm -hmm. I don't know, I feel like I did that in some kind of weird cowboy voice. Uh-huh. That Makes was sense. reminiscent of bowler, but the lawyer doesn't talk like that. <laughs> right, right. Like any kind of cowboy. Mm-hmm. And he's just like growing up, and then it's like, what is this after school special that just happened? And even the mm -hmm. lawyer's so annoyed, he's like, "Bye." He just like wanders away out of uh -huh. annoyance. He's just like, "Oh, Socrates again." Uh huh. So it's not even Socrates that said it, but right, Socrates is friends with these bozos, mm -hmm. I assume. Yeah. And, you know, I just like that Lloyd's just always annoyed at everything Briscoe does. <laughs> and it has been since day one. <laughs> yep. This guy is interesting. So I've seen him in things, but I... So... Did he sell you a gold mine? <laughs> so the guy who plays Wolf, the owner of the orphanage, the head of the orphanage... Isn't that like that guy from that space show? The guy from that space show. Maybe not. He looks like that guy from that space show that had like a robot and it was like a family in space and he was like a grumpy, weird old man that Lost was also in space? Yes. No. No. Doesn't this look like him? <laughs> Did he play him in a weird movie? Who is this guy? Okay. <laughs> um I don't think he's in any version of Lost in Space. He, he gives me that feel. I get that. So you would you would absolutely know this actor though. He was I think he played a newspaper editor in Perfect Strangers. Okay. So you think buried deep in my subconscious. No, he was in a lot of that. Okay, well I don't remember Perfect Strangers at all. Okay, but I know you watched it. So I'm just saying you absolutely would have seen him in that. Okay. He was in a lot of that. I think he was like 
The 80s loved just a grumpy, grumpy old man <laughs> uh-huh. character who was also a reporter. I'm assuming that's what he is. Yeah, well, I think like, he's an editor. Whatever. Oh, yeah, if you're an editor, you're definitely grumpy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Are you never... Oh, so he's like Larry's editor. Yeah. Because Larry's like the photo guy, which makes mm-hmm. him way creepier. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I gotta go take pictures, babes. <laughs> Balky, oh no, you're ruining it. Anyway, reboot that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm sure talking about casual racism, that very show of it. Yep. What a strange concept. Just put him in a vest, that's weird. It's true. It's not even weird. It's not that weird. Um, I mean the show's kind of weird. The show is weird. Anyway. But here's the thing. So the actor, I knew that actor was in this episode. I had seen him listed on IMDb when I was looking up the writer and the director when I was taking, like, my prepping my notes. So then when I saw the lawyer, I thought that was him. Uh Uh-huh. And then when he walked into his office and that guy, so the actor's name, I think, is Sam Alexander. When Sam Alexander was in his office, I thought he was the same guy. I thought he was playing both roles, and it was a weird conspiracy thing. Like, they were working together. Because <laughs> they looked so similar to me. What? And then it was like... You're the person with the I good know. face the recognition. Office, so, the thing is, that lawyer's office is very dark. And... I do not think they look the I same think I at all. I only thought that... There's definitely similarities, but I think I only thought that because I knew that guy was the in... The noses are totally different, Gabe. Yeah. You see, that's <laughs> nobody... Not nobody. Most people do not identify faces purely by their noses. Yes, their noses are very different. I agree. I feel like their cheeks are different, too. Look. I pick I, up what I can pick up. If I... That's fair. That's fair. I, I'm just saying... All I'm saying is, I think I only thought that because I knew that guy was in it. And so when I saw Flint, I thought it was him. And then when I saw the other guy that was definitely- Flint the lawyer? Sorry, Flint's the lawyer. Okay. So when I saw the other guy that was definitely him, I was like, does he play both? What's going on here? And then I was like, no. (laughs) It wasn't like a long time, but like- there was a brief period when I was like, what's, what's happening? Is he playing both characters? Are they doing a weird thing where they cut around so you can't see both of them at the same time? And I was like, no, I'm just dumb. This is not, the, that was not the guy. That's the German guy from the first Avengers movie. So Flint, the guy that plays the lawyer, Flint, is, he plays a lot of German people in things. Is he German? No. He just like excels on a German mm-hmm. accent. I think he's from Pennsylvania, so there's some maybe some connection there. Maybe you know because there's a lot of German people in Pennsylvania, but that's the only connection I'm aware of. But that's not what Pennsylvania. Well, yes. Are you thinking like Pennsylvania Dutch and like Deutsch? there's a lot of German people in Pennsylvania. Uh, that's a thing that I am aware of like, compared to the rest of the country. There yeah. are a lot of German people in Pennsylvania. That's the only connection I can think of, but I know it. He played well, a lot of. Well, maybe his relatives were from That's Germany. What I'm so. That's what I'm saying. It's sort of like when Margaret Cho does like her mm-hmm. mother's like accent. Right. 
Yeah. That's why, that's the only connection I could, I, I didn't research very hard, but I'm just saying. I saw really? The- <laughs> I expected, like, top investigation for this podcast. <laughs> like, we're hard hitting, we're like frontline news or whatever. Uh-huh. Frontline news about a show that was out 30 years ago. Okay, it took a long time to get all the research. <laughs> We're slow in the seat, but we get the facts straight. 10% of the time. Guaranteed. Maybe. Perhaps. I, I'm, I'm sorry in advance, we probably got everything wrong. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I'm willing to own we've up to the fact. Year, we've had 30 years and we're still getting it wrong. <laughs> that is true. That's our new motto. TGIF Arcade. Always getting it wrong. All the news that's fit to screw up. Uh, wow. <laughs> By the way, in case you don't know, when I say he played the German guy, uh, what I mean is he doesn't have a name. It literally, the only important thing is that he's he's like he's an older man in Germany, and it just says stand- the German guy. It literally says like older German man. He he's the guy who stands up to Loki when he, Loki tries to force everyone to kneel, and he's like, "Never to men like you." And he's like, "There are no men like me. There are always men like you." The, okay, that sounded kind of more French. Whatever. And that's how good my German accent is. Is, is I'm, I'm playing a French spy. Um. <laughs> and also, if I've learned anything, is you never bend the knee because it's probably going to be your aunt. <laughs> what? And that's all I'll say. And if you uh, know, you know, right? What? Do we just sidebar? We might. You're the only person that would know that reference. You're like, well, because you're the only other person in the room. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you you know what happened? That really confused me. When you said bend the knee, even though that's very specifically a Game of Thrones thing, I thought of... When in the hundred they do the thing where they pledge fealty, which no, is also that, kneeling. That's also kind of bending the knee, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and because we were just talking about kneeling, I'm just comply. It, it just kind of went, you know, kneeling things where you kneel to somebody. Then it was like, it might be your that's aunt. The moon. <laughs> what? Because you know Neil Armstrong. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> okay. We got steer it back. We got to steer it back on track. We're already and, to the moon, so we're already I to definitely the moon. need to like retreat or whatever you do. How do you get back to Earth? <laughs> Deaccelerate. <laughs> it's re-entry. That's pretty much what this is going to be. It's just burning up on re-entry is what this whole podcast is. Just constant screaming fire that is in an attempt to just actually describe what's going on. Okay, right now. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm sorry. I will stop going off on no, tangents and let you, you talk. Nobody <laughs> is waiting for us to not go off on tangents. Please say things. I will say them. Yeah. Okay, so let's go more about who this guy is who I feel like we never even got to. 
No, we did. He was- oh, and then you thought they looked the same, and then you yeah. got over it, and then everyone else got over it because it got shot by that gang. <laughs> yeah. A lot of this episode is predicated on the idea that this guy, Wolf, is going to steal the deed, and he's dead five minutes into the episode. I am very <laughs> confused by everything Socrates in this. Is it a reference to some kind of movie? What do you mean? He's, like, in the fog, and, you know, oh. they're like, like, especially the part in the alley with the sea captain, <laughs> and he's just like, I can't help you. Go to this address. <laughs> and I'm like, what is happening? It is a very... I felt like it was a reference to something, and also, like... Okay, that person's name is Franklin Boggs, uh-huh, uh-huh. which is quite the name, and it seems like the real name of somebody, mm-hmm. and it feels like a reference to like some kind of mystery or something. Right. Yeah, this definitely feels very much like a like noir mystery kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, like they're alluding to things. Also, this mm-hmm. music in this episode is incredibly important, and if this... Mm-hmm. This shows how much money they put in the show, that it had all of this music for all of the things that happened with, like, Bowler and Briscoe. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, the, just, like, flutes. So many flutes. <laughs> flutes are flying in the mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. Just everything had, like, it was very atmospheric and mm-hmm. strict. I'm not saying it's not strange music. Uh-huh. But it's music for the scene. It sure is. And it set its hold. It sure did. Yes. And it was uh, noticeable because mm-hmm. because if it's not noticeable, then the music is just there, right? You're like, right. whatever. I'm not even noticing that. I'm just following the action, but I was distracted mm-hmm. right. by the soundtrack, which is amazing. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, the the music doesn't always stand out on this episode, but on you mean on the on show? On the show, yeah. The music doesn't always stand out I on the show. I feel like there was like multiple like chase scenes and things where mm-hmm. the music, there's action happening, so there's yep. the music is really important for those scenes. Yeah, I mean, the theme song for this show became the theme song that they use on TV for the Olympics. Like the music, I expect the music to be good on this show when that's where you're starting from. But yeah, I do think, I agree, the music was very good in this episode. But I don't want to get too far away because uh, from, you were talking about that scene with the captain. Yes. Yeah, where, where Socrates, like... <sighs> because I have so the... much to say about this episode in general. Yeah, but I, so that's why I kind of want to like say what we got to say about a section so then mm-hmm. we can move on to the next bit. Mm-hmm. After the one of the bits of casual racism, he gets sent to where he'll be able to find this fairy captain at the Deep Six Tavern, which Deep Six means literally to sink something six fathoms down. Um, who says that? No, I'm saying that's what that phrase means. Okay. But it's used to just mean like to get rid of something. Okay. When you deep six something is to like make it disappear, sink What's it, get deep rid of it. Space nine about then? <laughs> That's about a then I believe the ninth it's deep a, space space station. It's it's getting rid of that <laughs> deeply. Yeah. yeah, it's even deeper, very yes, deep, so deep. <laughs> 
Yeah, I know this... where the water is in space. <laughs> yeah, this scene is very strange because yeah, it's very dark. It's really like foggy and Okay. Franklin Boggs <laughs> is a sea captain. No doubt. Yeah. I know he okay. He's, I mean he's literally a ferry captain. Oh yeah. He's the fairy captain. Why is he still dressed like that? And also, he knows nothing about fish? I don't believe it. (laughs) I don't believe it. I mean, there's what you know about fish from being a sea captain. Okay, that sounds like a, like, for dummies book. Like, (laughs) what I know. (laughs) Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, you might know a lot about fish. That doesn't mean you know about specifically the sort of fish that that sushi chef was trying to do like you don't know what you need to be a sushi chef which is a totally different thing mm-hmm. but i just want to say uh, well wait what were you gonna say so what else are you gonna you, i feel like you were saying something else about franklin boggs about his captainness just I mean, like yeah what what is going on here i just wrote in my notes frankly confusing yeah so <laughs> I don't understand what's happening, and and it it, it it reminded me a little of elements of this is how I know that I feel like it has to be a reference to something that I don't understand <laughs> mm-hmm. is because it, it had that kind of vibe, <laughs> Pee Wee's Big Adventure, <laughs> where like uh-huh. you know it it's kind of like spooky, yeah. mi- mysterious mm-hmm. thing again it- the. Asian character mm-hmm. being the one being like, go here at this time and you'll find him. And right. then that person, I don't know, like. I mean, he goes to what is called a tavern, but it seems to just be a foggy alley somewhere that. So this felt to me like they were doing almost like an. Uh, a traditional Sherlock Holmes scene because it was like it felt like f- f- foggy London. It just reminded uh, me of Twin Peaks a bit, a lot because it's it's foggy over there. <laughs> it's true. There were also okay, so there were some very strange ADR lines that I picked up from like what people around were saying when Socrates was going through trying to find him because you would hear murmuring around. And then it would just be like, don't trust your sister. Or like, going to France. <laughs> like, it was very strange. <laughs> going to France. Yeah. But like that, those are actual things I wrote down that I heard people saying. Like, that's not me just making, like, muttering random things. I, I didn't think it was random, but it was and then, amazing. And then, at one point, he he's like, do you know Franklin Boggs? And you just hear, like... Okay, so Cthulhu is getting murdered in the background? Like, what's happening? <laughs> I mean, it kind of sounded almost like they were gonna throw up. But oh yeah, but not that guy. A guy over there somewhere behind. Well, you, you know what it's like in a foggy alley, don't you? <laughs> it gets foggy uh-huh. where you are in mountains. <laughs> you grew up around some fog. I mean, 
It got foggy sometimes, I sure. Know. I don't I mean, yeah, it did. Well, I used to know this guy named Foggy. <laughs> Back, and I worked for this small little agency. <laughs> secretary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Me and Foggy go way back. <laughs> All right, but like, I don't know. This is just such a so weird because this is not a tavern. This yeah. is just oh, it's the alley behind the, alley. the tavern. I guess that's, that's very also cute. on the docks. Yeah, it's gotta be. Yeah, should we? I feel like we we do. We'll go to the beginning. Let's just well, go to the beginning. Uh, okay, if you want. I sure. do want to talk about how Tommy... I wrote Tommy Girl um, <laughs> because I didn't know Shannon's <laughs> name at the time. Uh-huh. So, Oh, I'm sorry. Go on. I figured out... We were talking yesterday when because you asked me how we might know this actor that played Tommy. Mm-hmm. And I finally realized... Because sometimes... I scan through an IMDb thing and I'm like, none of this stands out at all. Mm-hmm. And I finally realized there's there's one thing that maybe I could see us either one of us as having seen. But I don't distinctly remember it. It was a show called California Dreams. It was on. It was like a a TNBC show. So like Saturday morning, like teen NBC. It was like around the same time as Saved by the Bell. When they would have those kind of like the Saturday Saved by the Bell kind of shows. And it was about like a family that made a band. It was like from 92 to 96. And he was one of the people in. No okay. recollection of that. I don't either. But it's one of those ones where I look at it and I go, that looks like a show no, this, I saw. This person looks familiar to me. Tommy looks familiar to me. And mm-hmm. also Tommy is like fake New York accent, right? <laughs> it's definitely Shannon fake. doesn't have one yeah. at all. Sh- <laughs> Shannon couldn't do one. Yeah. And they're like, Tommy, you just go for it. There, there, Tom. Yeah. I don't know. Even I was just trying to do like a New York accent <laughs> and it's not possible because I do, I cannot do accents at all. Yeah. Tommy was doing my New Yostin accent. It's from somewhere around here. It, right. <laughs> um, Shannon doesn't have it at all. Their mom, fully Irish. Like, the accents are all over the place in this family. Nobody grew up in the same place. I thought that she mumbled something in German. I thought it was German, too. I and, was like, and I was actually, like, blown away when it was something else. I was like, oh. Yeah, I felt like it was recognizable as German. And then when he said it was Gaelic, I was like, oh, okay. I feel like what if this person said something in like a Gaelic in Gaelic, but it was in a German accent. <laughs> I mean, it maybe, but then again, I I legitimately it's like totally don't... under their breath. Yeah, it's just enough to be like it. It could be miss... some of that whispering that was happening in the, <laughs> you know, foggy aisle. Yeah, in Gaelic, she was just saying. I don't trust your sister. <laughs> right. I'm going to France. Sucked <laughs> 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 like a murloc. Exactly. All murlocs are Irish. What? 
That's just a fact. That's not anything about Irish people. That's just where Murlocs are from. Okay. <laughs> Look, I don't know. Exactly. Prove I'm wrong. Okay, I'm... Okay, Briscoe and Bowler... We need to talk about this. Okay, so Tommy, <laughs> Tommy girl was stealing apples. Uh-huh. And... I found that to be kind of funny and cute mm-hmm. how they're stealing apples. Mm-hmm. And then Briscoe and Buller roll into town to arrest like Jasmine. <laughs> Yasmin. Yasmin. Yep. And they have, I don't know, like they have that big. Bowler doesn't like this person. Yeah. Not at all. If Bowler doesn't like someone, I. I He's I, a monster. Yeah, it has to be, right? Gotta be. So, (laughs) I like how Bowler's like, I'm going to keep it under control this time. How many (laughs) times have they arrested this person? I I don't, well, I I got the impression it's the first time they've maybe successfully arrested him because Bowler gets so upset that they mess it up. Oh, yeah, maybe. But I I knew, like, they were going to steal Comet because uh you see, it's kind of, like, shown Mm -hmm. that they're going to steal Comet. I'm like... How can they possibly steal Comet? Yeah. yeah, as soon as he tries to steal Comet, I was like, I was I'm just surprised like, if Comet would even go. Yeah, that, and I was surprised that Comet went, and then like Briscoe's like, hey, Comet, yeah. and then Comet's like, okay, yeah. I'm coming back. It could be for green apples. <laughs> um, yep. <laughs> I would not assume Comet talks like that. Mm-hmm. That was just my own imagination. Oh, I assume he does talk like that. Um, <laughs> but also, I'm really mad that Bowler feels like such like pity for the girl when she starts crying because it's totally fake. Yeah, and I hate that. Look, I've used it <laughs> because if I'm out of my house, I'm practically on the verge of all tears. <laughs> Constantly. Uh, I don't want to do nothing. <laughs> don't ask me anything. <laughs> I don't know nothing, and I will cry. I will say, so, again, this is another time when Diana and I took our notes separately. She was much further along in her notes when I finally started taking mine. And, like, at this point, I went and I was just like, Bowler's such a himbo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because he just, as soon as she starts, he's just, like, so upset about them stealing the horse. And as soon as she starts crying, he's just like, oh, we got, like, he clearly wants, he doesn't want to help because he hates Yasmin so much. But also, he completely melts because of her crying. Yes, her of course. obviously fake crying. Which, I and do have to wonder. And then some gum. And then I was like, when's gum invented? Is that what he gives her? She chews it? Well, that's true of most food. <laughs> I what mean, do you think? No, Here's no, some drugs. It is a thing. No, no, no. It is because I think even it's like either Tom Sawyer or Huckman or chewing gum. It's like a, a... Sap from tree. Basically. I don't know why I said it like that. Sap from sap, tree. Sap from tree. Yeah, I think it's something like that. Like I think in one of those they're they're chewing what's essentially gum, but it's literally like yeah, from a tree. I don't know why anyone would be chewing sap from a tree, but then I'm like, why does anyone chew why gum? Why chew gum? Yeah. It's it, very weird. Cuz softened soft softened softened like rubber basically with some flavor. 
<laughs> Tell it the fruit stripe gum that I keep. <laughs> That I keep buying Some. still in 2022. <laughs> I mean, I hope. Like, when was the last time you actually bought fruit stripe gum? Probably ten years ago. Uh huh. And the last time fruit stripe gum had that fruit stripe gum had any flavor was Never. nine years, three hundred sixty-four days, twenty-three hours, fifty-nine minutes, and ten seconds ago. Did you just do a rent joke? <laughs> ah! <laughs> that would have been better, but no. Um, I did not. Uh, okay, I want to say, like, Shannon and Tommy are all, are all like, our uncle died. Mm hmm. Uncle Brendan. Mm hmm. And left us a gold mine, which sounds like the biggest lie I've ever heard. <laughs> and also, they're going to be San Francisco millionaires. We're going to San Fran to yep. become millionaires to open the tech bubble before. <laughs> We're going to be ahead of the curve. Uh -huh. Ahead of the tech curve. We're going to be part of the new thing. I think this might actually also be the plot of Tremors 4. What isn't the plot of Tremors 4? <laughs> is the question now. Um, uh, okay. Yes? But, uh, well, what I was going to say was like, so Tommy doesn't trust anybody, right? In this scenario... Why would you ever tell the full story? Okay. As a as a person currently rewatching the show Criminal Minds right uh -huh. now, a lot of times the eight, the the people they talk to will be like, "Do you have kids?" And someone's like, "Yes, I'm expecting my first right now." Well, I have a 13-year-old at home, but long story i'm like why are you giving any personal information they're like here you go here's my social security number and everything about me i'm like maybe the agents are being targeted all the time because you keep giving all your info away like here's my address mm -hmm. they don't they aren't doing that but they always know anyways and it's just like why yeah because their kids and they want to overshare because they don't have yeah, anyone. But Tommy already doesn't want to share. So, okay, he could so easily it's Shannon. Just be like, uh, you know, our Shannon's uncle left us a house. It could, I wouldn't believe anything my uncle left. And I also thought that this gold mine might have been one of the gold mines owned by the like criminals that like have the orb. Oh, <laughs> mm hmm. That's where my thought went. Yeah, but that's also not this like gold mine is worth three million dollars. Uh huh. And elite. Okay, I think it's very strange that a lawyer wouldn't. Did they have IDs in like eighteen ninety three? They must have. I mean, I'm sure they had something. Actually, that's a good question. I wonder. Because they asked for like identification. But was there identification? Like everything, all the wanted posters are just like, here, we did our best job scribbling this out for you. <laughs> I mean, they do have photos. Mm -hmm. They do have photos. So I guess if they have them take a photo, I don't know. There's just so many little details that I want to pick yeah. on. But I know it doesn't matter because the orb. Oh, right. The orb oh. makes it so, and it's fine. So Billy Monahan and his like gang, mm -hmm. um, which I don't think are called the Johnnies. They're just called Johnnies 
for some reason. Oh yeah, yeah. They they collectively are Johnnies. They're not the Johnnies. Yes. Um, and okay, no one brought up the fact that they all wear bowlers. <laughs> yeah, even though someone joking about bowlers bowler was actually important at the start. Yasmin and yes. Tommy both make jokes about bowlers bowler. Well, but... they just said nice hat, and it was like the well, way yeah. you said it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so, by the way, I just quickly looked up stuff with uh, around birth certificates. So, the first birth certificates, like, centralized birth certificates that were formal were in the, in the UK in 1853. Okay. The first nationally regulated birth certificates in the United States were in 1902, but... Just in time for H.H. Holmes. What? I don't know when H.H. Holmes was doing those things, but... Um, Whenever the World's Fair was. So it isn't clear from this when some states started having it, but the first official national birth certificate was in 1902. Like, the first official regulations for it were in 1902. So it seems like maybe... A you just teen... took people on their word. Well, I'm saying maybe in 1893 there might have been a birth certificate for a teen, but it's hard to say. No one cared about your birth then. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, do we care about it now? <laughs> I mean, it sounds terrible, but... Yeah. Don't they just want a birth certificate? Because you get... If you're not born in a hospital, how would you have a birth certificate? Having never birthed anyone, I don't know the actual process, but I know there are ways to get it done yeah, without going to Yeah, but what if a... you don't want that? What if you don't want that? And that, is a, that is a whole conversation that we would have to do. I know, we need 30 years to research it properly. Okay, We've well, already established that. Okay, well, we'll see in 30 years. <laughs> um, okay. oh, I finally understand how birth certificates are. Why is are. our voice going to be that? I'm gonna be. I'm seventy years old. That is then. not what you sound like when you're seventy years it's old. What I'll sound like. I'll be a weak little part, a weak little man. <laughs> I thought you said a weak little bird. <laughs> I, I who knows what will happen by 2052? Perhaps I'll be a little bird. Why do you have like a British accent? <laughs> That's just the what happens when you try to form English words when you're a rye bird. <laughs> That's just what happens to your voice. Okay, you don't Billy. Have a, you don't have lips. <laughs> I don't even know how I made a P sound. <laughs> that requires lips, but somehow I'm doing it with my bird beak. You don't have a bird beak I'm a bird now. person. <laughs> <laughs> together let's be normal jeez why do you keep pulling us off the rails <laughs> yeah really why do i keep doing that <sighs> uh, yeah it's really surprising to me when like billy's gang just shoots wolf like i know like just like i'm like okay guess he doesn't matter but also like bly doesn't shoot people this regularly <laughs> You can't shoot anyone now. He's tornadoed into the orb. <laughs> That's true. I mean, okay, I say that, but he did judo chop two dudes in the neck till to death. Yeah. Um. He doesn't. 
his presence just kills the people that needs to be killed around that's, him. That's true. When you're from the future, killing. you can do a psychic killing. <laughs> and I'm sure that Neo would back this up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Neo can absolutely kill people with his mind. A hundred percent. All right. Here's the thing I want to talk about. Unless you had something you wanted to get to real quick. Unless you're like, I need to talk about this thing. No, 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 okay. no. So, just jumping around. I want to uh, jump to when um, <laughs> Tommy and Shannon steal the horses <laughs> again. And then they find them and they've been skunked. Okay. I am so upset by this. Bowler is an incredible tracker. Uh-huh. And they can't smell the skunk from, like, across <laughs> the, like, yeah. you smell that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From far away. Like, if yeah. someone's been sprayed by a skunk, like, that carries. Oh, yeah, yeah. But his remedy for, like, cleaning up skunk smell. Right. Is, um, I'll make sure I get it right. It's pond mud, eucalyptus leaves. Um, are those just anywhere? So, I actually looked this up. Because I was like, are there, is there eucalyptus that they could just get? Because I was like, in, in my mind, eucalyptus is something that's in Australia. So I was like, is there eucalyptus? Well, that's where the koalas are. Yes. So I was like, is there eucalyptus in California? And what I found was, yeah, starting in around the late 1800s. That's when the koalas came over. <laughs> yes, correct. No, apparently, because the, there was a big problem in the 1800s with deforestation because of the gold brush, and eucalyptus actually grows. Why did they have to get rid of trees for the gold rush? Like, it just people are it, just like Black they were Friday building... shopping and just trampled them all? Because they were building towns very quickly, so they had to chop down a lot of wood. And they weren't replanting, but eucalyptus apparently- No wonder the Sasquatch was mad. <laughs> That's what happens when you take away their territory. <laughs> but I guess eucalyptus actually grows pretty quickly. So there were people who became, like, like made it as lump, like, by, uh, with, as, as lumber- I'm gonna say barons. I don't know if they were fully- they were what you would consider a lumber baron. But they would- they made a- big business out of lumber by importing eucalyptus and planting it and growing these big eucalyptus groves that would grow much more quickly than the wood that was growing in the area at the time. Mm -hmm. But it became somewhat of an invasive species. So there's actually, there was actually a lot of wild eucalyptus growing at this time. There's still a lot of wild eucalyptus in California that because of that eucalyptus that was imported in the 1800s fascinating yeah i was not expecting to find any of that when i looked it up but yeah there's some interesting stuff with that okay what else goes in this special remedy <laughs> frog spit frog spit this is a blanket that she's wearing that's soaked in these things i want to say yeah, go ahead. No, no, go finish your thought. How long would it take to gather enough frog spit <laughs> for it to have any impact? Do you think 
bowler like picks the frog up and it just like he kind of squeezes it a little yeah. and it's like patoo. <laughs> just I was thinking like a little swab. Get do a little swab. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> like a little DNA test version, like a, yeah. a frog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but a I, DNA I do, test. But I do like the idea of just like a little squeeze, just enough of a squeeze for it to go patoo. Yeah. Yeah. I'm... I don't know how many frogs you got, I got. But maybe you already had some on him. He's just got <laughs> he's just got pockets full of frogs. No, not a pocket full of frogs. It's just like a vial. <laughs> not a full frog, but a frog spit. Like a frog spit vial. Because th- you can't just get that anywhere. <laughs> you like you collect oh. that before. Oh, I see. So it's like when you when you like milk a rattlesnake to make antivenom, but instead you milk a you milk a frog by just being like patoo, patoo. You just have it you have one frog. <laughs> Keep it well hydrated. Well, I'd hope so it's a frog. <laughs> Like lose the water. <laughs> you know, it's a good point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, when I said it, didn't even occur to me that it, that frog has to live in the water. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's gonna have some water around. Oh. You gotta do one of those half and half aquariums. Got some rocks and a stick coming out of the water, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, you're, I mean, you're li- like, you're not wrong. You're not. I know. Oh, I'm like tired. I am la- tired from laughing, like, legitimately. <laughs> Okay, do you have more to say about this remedy? No, just, I just wanted, literally the only thing I actually wanted to say was the thing about the frogs. I know, I me forgotten. too, that's the only part I wrote. But I was also mad because who, everyone would be smelly as heck, and who cares? Everyone probably smelled like skunks constantly. Uh-huh. And also, I wrote this down. Mr. Long John skipping stones, very emo. <laughs> And uh-huh. because Tommy is like skipping stones in his long johns, uh-huh. being very emo, and I just wrote, reminds me of the Karate Kid. <laughs> because he's, isn't the Karate Kid from Brooklyn? I think yes. He's from Brooklyn. He's from Brooklyn. Brooklyn. He's from Brooklyn. Yep. And look. There's a similarity between Tommy and Danielson, and I just—it's there for me. Uh huh. They're they're both upset about needing to move to California. Yep. Yeah. They're... Pretty much. Uh huh. That's about it. That's about it. <laughs> uh huh. Okay. Um. Yeah. Oh yeah. They had this strange talk where like Briscoe. <laughs> Tommy or like having that like I don't know chat and he's just like I'm not gonna have you double cross me because I put up walls so people can't get in <laughs> yep. because I don't trust a- old man wolf <laughs> and he double crossed me Yep. and I'm like yeah maybe old, old man wolf was kind of not great to yeah. trust yeah oh you just reminded me there was one thing I wanted to bring up 
There's oh. a conversation. Sorry, yeah. go- sorry. If you no, had more, go go ahead. Okay. There's another conversation later between Briscoe and Shannon where she's looking at like this locket yes, with a picture of I her have mom. That. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, I'm waiting for the whole episode for this picture that she has of her mom in the locket to be relevant to the plot. And it never is. Later, it's just like, Socrates found your mom. Here she is. Okay, there's literally zero resemblance. And I, (laughs) this sounds, I don't mean this in like any way. I wouldn't be like, oh, your mom is pretty. That's a weird thing. Everything about the locket scene's weird. Uh I don't like that Briscoe says she's pretty or beautiful. Mm -hmm. I think that's strange. And um, I think it's very strange to then say, I see the resemblance (laughs) because all women lived for compliments from men. Like, no, thank you. Go away. I. You look like frog spit. (laughs) I mean,. I agree. And also, there is literally no resemblance. I can't think. That daughter looks zero. Like, Tommy and Shannon, I don't look like they are from two different families that have uh-huh. just found each other together. Uh-huh. Um, Being street rats. They're stealing apples. Uh-huh. Is all I'm saying. It reminded <laughs> me of the Aladdin game. I'm oh, pretty yeah. sure yeah, you yeah, throw yeah. apples yeah, as yeah. a weapon. I think you do. I think you do. Because I was thinking of the movie, and I was like, he steals bread in that. I, but trust me. Because it's Jasmine who steals the apple, right? Jasmine steals an apple? Yeah, when she's pretending to be like a I don't remember any of that part. I think when she's like out, out in the world pretending to just Once be a Jasmine common citizen. Jasmine takes her clothes off, how can you focus? <laughs> well, this is before that, so I'm still focused. And... Because a guy is, like, going to cut her hand off for another bit of casual racism. He's going to cut her hand off for stealing an apple. And that's when Aladdin comes in and saves her. Yeah, that whole... Yeah. Anyways. Speaking of casual racism, I feel like we need to talk a bit about this scene. With With the the sushi scene? Yeah. Okay. I found it so strange from the very beginning Mm -hmm. when... He goes there and then is like, hey, does the sky work here? And he's like, yeah, it's this place. Here's my entire first and last name. You <laughs> wouldn't be like, just, I'm Roy. Yeah. You're like, I'm Roy. You know, like, here's my whole name. Mm-hmm. And then I just put weird sushi joke. No, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, why are you doing this? Why? Yeah. There is. I feel like there was. um. I mean, no, I'm sure okay. you know better than me, but there was a time in the 90s where it was sort of, like, fashionable to make fun of sushi. Yes, 100%. And also, it was becoming popular right. in the 90s. Mm-hmm. You know, like, su- you would see, like, the sushi Japanese place, like, in the, like, mall. You know, like, it was always, like, Panda Express. Uh-huh. You know... I don't know, like a million other just generic uh-huh. international restaurants uh-huh. somehow. And 
I'm going to believe you. I'm going to say we did not have that at the Bangor Mall, but I believe you that it was a thing then. You just said like five Chinese restaurants. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. It was like Burger King, you know, McDonald's and then some Chinese restaurants and that kind of like, I don't remember there being any sushi anywhere in that I ever went to in Maine when I was at this time. But okay. I'm I'm saying I feel like making fun of sushi was very fashionable. Yeah, in the nineties. Yes, and th- it's just it's very weird to look back on and be like, this is just a thi- like this is just a thing you get now. Like people just get sushi. Like that's not weird in any way now. It never should have been, but like no, because most people grow up eating whatever they see. Sure. Which, if you grew up in the United States, there's kind of food that you see. And you might mm-hmm. have had different, like, cultural food, because each state sort of has, like, like immigrants from different areas. So yeah. it's very easy to try different food. But then you're like, oh, that's just the normal food right. from my area. Right. Related, I just found, uh, you know, as you know, I just found out this week that the Italian sandwich is a main a thing from Maine. Like, I thought people just eat Italian subs, but I guess it's like, but if you look it up on Wikipedia, it's the main Italian sandwich, and I was like, what? I thought it was just, like, a thing people have in, I assumed it was in the United States, but I didn't think it was, like, a, a main thing. I thought it was just a U.S. thing. I would also think that it would be a Pennsylvania thing because mm-hmm. Pennsylvania is all about hoagie life. <laughs> sure. And I've eaten so many Italian subs yeah, when yeah. I grew up Yeah, that it seems like such a Pennsylvania right. thing to me. So that's the thing. Hoagies are yeah. not like Italian sandwich is a specific type of hoagie. Right. And so like, yeah, hoagies... And, like, all those kinds of long sub sandwiches, yeah, yeah, there's a yeah. lot of them throughout, like, various different Italian things, like, uh, uh, pl- like, cultures throughout the U.S. It's weird, because I never called that you know, a hoagie growing right. up. Or sub I would subs. only just say sub, but... Right, but I'm saying any version of that, Yeah, there's a lot of different things like it's that. It's different. But, but what, in... I guess it's more common in the Northeast, the Italian sandwich, but mm-hmm. like, or the Italian sub, but apparently it started at like a specific place in Maine and spread out from there. And I was like, I just found that I thought that was just a thing that people in the US ate. Do you think that um, Maine has a lot of <laughs> logging and like. <laughs> I'm just imagining, like, lumberjacks doing that thing where they, like, are moving the logs on the water, uh-huh. and they're eating, like, Italian <laughs> subs, and, like, going down rivers, yeah. just, like, eat, and they're like, what are you eating? And they, like, give it to them. I'm uh-huh. imagining some commercial like that. Oh, yeah. and But it, then if you drop your sub, you have to, like, roll it to make sure it doesn't get smashed between the logs so you can pick it back up out of the water and keep eating it. Yeah, that's... Yeah, obviously. You've seen that commercial. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I've seen... They had pictures of that at, uh, at the McDonald's where I grew up. And then also, <laughs> um, 
when Grey Poupon got in on that. <laughs> uh-huh. And then they were just like the fancy car rolling up next to the like the log. The log. <laughs> yeah. Every Grey Poupon. Yes, it's on my Italian sandwich. Please, I need to concentrate. <laughs> Okay. That's a very regional Grey Poupon. Very uh, regional. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What are you talking about? <laughs> I knew this was going to happen. This, this, this episode has no right going this long. We're going to go so long talking I know, about such nonsense. I know. I, we... <laughs> okay. Um, like this was a fun episode, but there isn't like. I'm a- sorry, it's an amazing episode. Okay, the librarian is really weird. Oh yeah, there is so much to this episode. I forgot about the librarian. Yeah, this- I was just so taken aback by the librarian. Yeah. Like, I did not like the librarian. Yeah, this is a weird he, dude. He was like page seventy two. I remember everything with my eidetic memory or whatever he doesn't say that he just says photographic memory and then he's like there's women's ads there's you want to look at some undies there's some things from some corsets page 4 17 Socrates just like 42 63 if I need to see that I know a prison I can go to there's a secretary waiting for me there no, she's in prison again. I think she's still out. No, because he knocked her out with with all of Bowler's yeah, crystal. Yeah, but we don't know what happened to her. I'm assuming she got arrested oh, again. Also, like but... Socrates has such a weird. It's just a weird interaction. Everything mm-hmm. with Socrates is the weirdest in this episode. Yeah. Again, Though, and I, then... in this case, at least I think Socrates is like, oh, but, you're a weirdo. But also, he's like. <laughs> the librarian's like, I'm a librarian, pool, not a magician. And I'm like, why did you say that? Because he didn't, he doesn't know everything. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Also, I just realized, like, I wrote this down, like, like, oh yeah, that's just what happens. That's normal thing to hear. Everyone on the ferry was Irish. I don't know. I didn't write that down. Or was it everyone in the family? But I feel like what he said was everyone on the ferry was Irish. An entire ferry of Irish people. Sure, why not? Just a bunch of ferry folk. Okay. Like, yeah. Fairy. Like, fairy. Yeah, I know. Never. Yeah. But no, it was just like, this was just a ferry of people trying to go west to... You know, go west because okay. that's the thing people did. I don't know how to imagine this kind of ferry because I've been on a ferry before and I just imagine it like that. But mm-hmm. I realize it would have to have. Does it have? It, does it just have people? If it's a ferry, do, does it have like horses and stuff on it? Probably wagons. That means that all of those horses drowned. Yeah, I mean that's horses like, can seem- swim. Okay, sure. So the horses might have actually been okay. I mean, sure, but not in Red Dead 1. <laughs> Nothing can swim in Red Dead 1. No. How do we know? <laughs> Hopefully they got a fair in Red Dead 2. Um, I don't know. that. I don't really remember that being a thing. I feel like everything is just loosely held together in this episode <laughs> by just... 
mystery. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much the only through line in this episode is bad accents. Only one of which is actually called out because Wolf is definitely faking an Irish accent at the start of the episode and it keeps slipping and Socrates and I like that Socrates calls it out. Like he's doing a bad job pretending to be Irish. But I think okay. But I, I do think Billy Monahan's accent is good. So this is, is pretty he good. Irish? Like the that actor? actor? Good question. Um I know the they, and I think this is why the other people that are in with Billy don't talk as much, is that they <laughs> definitely do not have Irish accents. Yeah. And when at the end they have Briscoe, mm -hmm. he definitely, the one definitely says something to Briscoe in an Irish accent. And that I was like, that's not a very good Irish yeah, accent. Yeah, it was like, he and says then, it in an accent, which is supposed to be Irish. And then he immediately doesn't have it the next line. I'm like, okay, I don't know yeah. what's happening there. Uh-huh. See, I really think, um, this is going to sound strange since I'm jumping all around, but talking about Irish accents, I don't know if the mother had one or not. She doesn't talk a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but she had one. I don't what know. What is was... this woman on Knob Hill mansion with two iron horse? I feel like I know that's the house where uh -huh. the sea captain Franklin Boggs. So he's the husband. Oh no, no. he's the sea he's the ferry operator. Right. Right. And he feels bad because he killed all these people. Right. But it was it actually his fault? I mean, he is the captain, so I feel like well, also, Something he did. I want to say, apparently, when you're a captain of the ship, you're never supposed to leave your ship, and that <laughs> you're supposed to go down with your ship, right? That is what they say, yes. I don't know. I'm not... I don't know the, the sea life's code. <laughs> I think... So that's the thing. It's one of those things where sometimes you see people say that, and you have people say that, and it's like everyone else is off of the ship, and the captain, it, like in a fictional thing, will still be like, The captain never abandoned the ship. It's like, No, the captain's supposed to stay with the ship to until the crew gets out. Like, you don't mm, stay and just die. No, you stay and just die. You have no. to go down with the ship. <laughs> you have to go down with that ship. It's even in the Dido song. <laughs> yep. The idea is you're supposed to be doing what you can to try and rescue the rest of your no, crew. You not don't know you're... you're doing it to rescue the boat. <laughs> no, the You're boat married matter. to no. the boat. That's why well, a boat's always a woman and a sea captain's always a man. I don't believe that's true. And I'm just making stuff up that is 100% not true. But are they not married to the is... sea? And they're probably married to each other. There, I mean, there is legitimately, like... One of my favorite songs by Josh Ritter is about a guy who definitely kind of has a romantic relationship with his ship. Like a sea, like a captain who definitely has a romantic relationship with his ship. And it's, it's a beautiful song that I'm drawing a blank on the name of right now. The Sea Captain's Wife. It's the one that was referenced in that Swords and Sandals game. Uh, <laughs> oh, helpful. <laughs> wow. Also, a timely reference. A Flash game from 2008. Look, you can buy it on Steam now, okay? 
Yeah, we were it's like remastered. We were just playing it a couple years ago. We were not playing it a couple years ago. A we were few playing it like years ago. five years. It was ago. not five years ago. It was five years ago, Dave. It wasn't. I think it was. I don't think it was. I think it was. <laughs> Another new world is what it's called, uh, and it's a beautiful song, and I love it. Uh, and it's definitely about a guy kind of having a romantic relationship with his okay, ship. You know who? What? Can we talk about Shannon? For a second? Sure, yeah. Shannon's a real horse girl from Yonkers. <laughs> uh-huh. She's Except just... she doesn't know as much about horses as Tommy, I guess. I don't think that's true because she goes on forever. True. But does she say that? Like, I don't know well, because, as much as Tommy? Because to- at the start, that's why Tommy picks Comet. Comet's clearly the better horse compared to some of the other horses they're thinking but about stealing. she had... They had horses growing up. Yeah, but at the start, I'm just saying, at the start, she likes one horse, and he's like, you haven't spent as much time at the tracks as me. But she knows everything about... I don't like Tommy. Tommy's mean yeah, to yeah. his sister, and I he's a jerk. I fully agree. I'm just saying, if you're in a town that Comet's in, and the horse you pick isn't Comet... That's space. <laughs> If you're in a town with a bunch of horses and the horse you pick isn't Comet. Why the long face? (laughs) I don't think you know a lot about horses. That's all I'm saying. Because Comet's obviously the best. If you look around a town with a bunch of horses and one of those horses is Comet and the horse you pick is not Comet, you've made a mistake. You're bad at horses. But they picked Comet. Was she not going to pick Comet? Tommy picked Comet. Who was when it, there were no other horses she in this town? She picked a different house. Ho- house. She picked a different horse. Yeah, she wanted to move in. <laughs> she was picking a caravan. <laughs> also, this whole thing—I feel like it's like the—I haven't seen The Godfather, so I don't know. But this whole thing about when like Billy shows up to like meet up with like Shannon and Billy mm-hmm. and it's like he's like we work for Fletcher McDonald you know uh-huh. from the neighborhood uh-huh. and he's you know important and wants to make sure you get to your gold mine mm-hmm. safely uh-huh. don't you care about the neighborhood so I'm doing a lot of air quotes around the neighborhood <laughs> Because I, I, I think feel... everybody can hear your air quotes. Okay, good. <laughs> so, okay. I, because you mentioned The Godfather, and it's not really necessarily like that, but I actually, I watched, I watched a video about a guy who used to be part of, like, the actual New York Mafia, talking about what it's like being part of that, and how you end up part of it. I just, okay. <laughs> Why? How can a person that was in the mafia get out of the mafia and then still be alive to talk about the mafia? He talks about how it's very, like, complicated, him being out. Like, he doesn't actually get to see his actual family very often because of, like, the way he has to be protected and separated from them and all these things. Like, that's a part of his whole thing. But he was saying that, like, part of how that happens is, like... You just know a guy who happens to be part of it, and that guy's hanging out with you, and then he's like, "Hey, we can help you out. Do you need need some help? Let, let's. You're 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 from the neighborhood. Let's help you out. We'll, we'll do some stuff. When you just 
they do stuff to help you out and they you get to trust them and know them and then you're like oh these people really care about me these are people from my neighborhood who really care about me they're like family and then like they convince you that that's that that's how they feel about you and then but they're really a sociopath and they don't care about you at all they only care about their own gain what they can gain from you yeah yeah. Legitimately, like I yes. said, I'm in the 11th season of Criminal Minds. <laughs> yes. Yes. But it's like, that's, this is like a legitimate tactic that the New York Mafia uses for that kind of thing. Now, that's Italian Mafia, but it's still Look, a similar kind of gang. They mentality. clearly did 30 years of research for the show <laughs> Criminal Minds, even though they definitely mess up friends like constantly. Oh, yeah. 100%. But. Oh. Anyways, I realized I didn't say I did look up the actor that plays Billy in this. Yeah, very authentic accent. Uh, got it growing up in Houston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not Irish at all. Definitely not. Oh my gosh, I actually think it's really. He must it's, have a dialect good. coach. It's, it's pretty good. I I feel like what it sounds like is he's an Irish American person, like somebody who because like I've met people who are American, but have, like, who, they're, they have Irish family, they have kind of an Irish accent, but they're actually, grew up here. Mm-hmm. I think he legitimately sounds like that. Well, maybe he, but is he Irish? No idea. He, his name is, his name is Clark Heathcliff Brawley, which is just quite the name. That's a good name. It's a good That's name. That's a good name. Like, yeah. I think that he dresses like his character in this episode, like, all the time. <laughs> uh-huh. It's pretty much a requirement when you're an actual Johnny, I guess. So his... That's interesting. So his last name is just... When you look up what Bra- like Brawley, you just get Umbrella. British informal Umbrella. Yeah. But, like... Like, that's the only thing, because I was trying to come up, like, find, like, where the name came yeah, from. Yeah, no one has the last name Bumbershoot. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. They should. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's definitely, like, English name origin. This interesting name has two possible origins, one French and the other Irish. So... <laughs> Maybe you were doing the correct accent earlier then. You're doing your French accent. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Except that was definitely supposed to be for the mom, but... No, exactly. no, for... Yeah, it was for the mom, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Was you don't it? even know. I don't even remember. I don't know. So, no, no, no. It was... What was it that I was doing? I don't even remember now. Wow. I usually don't forget that bad until after we finish the episode. Then I forget everything we said. We should talk about how weird... Oh, oh sorry. Go ahead. Well, we we have to talk about how Briscoe and Bowler... Okay, so... <laughs> the, the Johnnies are trying to make a deal mm-hmm. with, like, uh, Tommy, and they're just like, no, we're not mm-hmm. doing it. And they let them go. Mm-hmm. Go ahead to San Francisco because they're on this time limit of, mm-hmm. like, 
you got to get here before this time and you turn into a pumpkin. <laughs> right. I don't understand things like that. Then it's just like, oh, of course, they're going to be shot right. by... Briscoe by, and Bowler. Yeah. Yeah. But, okay, so they let the kids go free mm-hmm. and ahead, and then they have a ridiculous, like, run away from the bad guy scene yep. with Where some Where they flutes. can't hit anybody... Yes. Again. But then I want to say how shocking it was when they were shot. Like, we don't talk about this, but they're like shot. And I'm like, well, they're obviously not dead. Right. Because, of course not. But it was still like shocking because they uh-huh. get shot, but then they get like shot with like in the breastplate. Yeah. They have like shovels under right. their. Yeah, they find a thousand shovels and Briscoe's like, immediately comes up with a plan because mm-hmm. I guess the, the Johnny's only shoot for the heart. Right. And so by putting a shovel, I don't think a shovel's bulletproof. I'm going to say Also went and go like ding! Right. Like it should have shot them back in the eye. <laughs> like if I learned anything is that metal, anything shooting metal goes. They're shooting from above. So it would have pinged down into the water. Okay, well, that's where they also pinged down into. <laughs> and... I don't think they wait long enough in the water before they come out. Oh, yeah. Like, they get shot, they immediately fall into the water, the Johnnies throw the guns in, into the water. People love leaving their guns. I know. Well, it's not their... It's not the Johnnies' guns, it's the gun, Bowler right. and Briscoe's gun, but once it's in the water, it's like... Messed up, right? You can't like put a gun in water. I mean, you can clean it. It, it would be okay after you. It has the whole thing is about fire. It's <laughs> the opposite. You can't shoot it while it's underwater. It's waterlogged. <laughs> it wouldn't get waterlogged. It would be fine. You probably you might have to replace the bullets. How do they find it? They have like they need to have like wick wires, deep sea <laughs> diving kit to find it. Oh, guns float. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I hate when I get up in the morning to like feed the fish and there's a whole gun just floating on top. <laughs> hate that. It's so sad. Every time when you see when you see in a movie somebody trying to like dispose of a murder weapon by throwing it in the river and it always floats and they're like, I just oh obviously a gun floats. Obviously a gun floats. <laughs> Mm, um, new at A and W. Yeah. Anyway, they throw the guns in the water and um, and ride off. And Briscoe and Buller are immediately like <gasps> to escape. Oh my gosh, a zombie broken! <laughs> it's like those guys are like an inch and a half away. <laughs> Definitely just heard all of that that you just did. <laughs> like you fed your faces under the underwater for about four seconds, and you sound like th- someone was like waterboarding you. Like you've don't talk about war- waterboarding so casually. <laughs> I'm just saying, like it. It seems to have been a very short amount of time that they're how, okay. How long can you hold your breath underwater? I mean. Longer than this. Okay. 
had you just been shot and panicked and running away from a whole gang of three people only and then had to find a shovel i'm just saying they're real loud for the cameras an audience (laughs) all righty i want to can we just point out the ice truck that we get to see oh yeah the the ice man yeah the ice man the ice man cometh Uh uh-huh so okay i'm not gonna go super into it but a, a, a thing i wanted to mention um about the ice man yeah okay well, not this Iceman specifically, but Iceman in general. <laughs> <laughs> so. You know I don't like mummies. <laughs> what? An ice mummy. Uh-huh. You know, when they have, they find people and they're in the ice. Oh, And oh, they're oh, an ice mm-hmm. man. Yeah. You know, like Encino like, Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this isn't that kind of ice man. This is the kind like in this episode. So. Recently, I've been listening a lot to the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Highly recommend it. It's fun. It's a fun time. Uh, it's just about why various different topics are much more interesting than you would expect. And there was an episode about refrigerators. And in that, they were talking about, like, when you used to get ice deliveries for your ice box. And how it used to be... You know the old stereotype about, like, housewives sleeping with the milkman? Or the mailman or something yeah. like that. That stereotype used to be about the Iceman. The Iceman used to be, like, considered kind of sexy. Yeah, he's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But yeah, because he was a man who would go, like, door to door and, like, bring ice to all the houses where all the women were always home alone while the men were out working, so... There's a lot of ideas about what the Iceman was doing at those various houses. That probably didn't happen. I I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't happen. If it happened. I wouldn't be surprised if it happened some. But there were, like, popular songs about that. And, like, even today there are some places that sell ice where, like, there's a... There are, like mascots of, like, a kind of sexy Iceman. That sounds like... Like misogyny probably in some kind of like i'm just saying that was a specific thing that i found like interesting when you where it's like i just think of an ice that wasn't a sexy ice man he was just like i got my tongs yeah you wouldn't ice was gonna melt before it even got to the door like it was definitely (laughs) also i want to say impressive like that should be a video game where you have to like carry the ice on the tongs to the Uh door Uh uh-huh like on a winding path You know what occurs to me? Like, I, I always thought it was interesting that they you always see them using tongs, like that, those sharp tongs, but I realize that's because you can't carry it otherwise because it'll get, it'll melt and it'll slip. You use mm-hmm. a sharp point so there's no. And stuff there were no in. buckets or anything you would carry it in instead or anything. Well, because the, the buckets, that's more points of contact for transferring heat. So it melt faster. Buckets cold. <laughs> Good point. Bucket's cold. Bucket's cold. Anyway. Okay. Oh, I want to talk about the one last bit of casual racism, but partly because there's important stuff to mention with it, which is Abdul's Harem Club, which is... That's what it was called? Yep. Yep. This just looks... Okay. Past the curtain, this just looks like a normal 
saloon in any Western show. Okay, so when we find out, because this we're in the town where Tommy and Shannon end mm-hmm. up, mm-hmm. and the Billy's gang from the neighborhood, is, right. you know, finds Tommy and Shannon and is like, oh, Tommy, you're here finally. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take you on a on a pub crawl right now. <laughs> and they go into the saloon, but Shannon's already decided to tell the sheriff. Mm-hmm. And But there is no sheriff. Right. So then Bowler and Briscoe finally like come into town and they have to improvise to get mm-hmm. Tommy out of I guess, what's this place called? Abdul's Harem Club. All I saw, I didn't see the title of it. Mm -hmm. I just saw, like, when they go sneak in the back, the big lamp, and Uh I just wrote, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. And I thought, well, they're going to dress up as Mm -hmm. belly dancers. Yeah. But then... which Can I just say, before we even get too deep into that, I think it's weird that they're like, this reminds me of McGovern's back home. Abdul's harem club reminds you of McGovern's back home? I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, go ahead. No, I wasn't. I don't. I, I, well, you're talking about how you thought they were going to dress as belly as, dancers. As belly dancers, but they really pulled a Assassin's Creed more yep. like where they like hide. Well, they're hiding while the dancers sort of distract everyone by right. putting scarves on their head. Yeah. And no one is suspicious. <laughs> I think it's one of those things where they do it and it's just enough time for them to rush out and beat them up before they're like, wait, what's happening? Ah, <laughs> like, it's just like they don't have time to react. Mm-hmm. But I just I do. I really like when as mu- as weird as this scene is, as much as elements of it make me uncomfortable, I like when the because like. Briscoe and Bowler are like on the stage hiding behind the curtain looking at the gang and then the belly dancers all come out and they're like telling them to get off the stage and then when Briscoe and Bowler turn their back the dancers all pull guns oh yeah yeah and I, I like, feel like when Bowler's like where were you even hiding them things well <laughs> one thing I don't like about the scene is why is Briscoe really focused on like saving them and then like like Tommy, mm-hmm. but then like Bowler's like checking out the belly dancers and making a face. Yeah, I yeah. don't know why that's happening. I mean, Bowler likes ladies. It's... Well, they all. But uh, I don't. It... Like, you're in a high situation. Was, here's the thing: if it was Shannon they were rescuing, he wouldn't have been like that because he's more protective of women and and girls. Isn't that problematic as well? I mean, at this time, the fact is, like, you were less likely, if you were a woman or a girl at this time, you were less likely to have been given the skills that you need to protect yourself. Um, excuse me, all the dancers had guns. I, the dancers are exceptions. I'm saying there are women who could have protected themselves. This time period was not great for training women to take care of themselves. How is this time period? Slightly better. Not great, but better than it was in 1893. I'm not saying it's not problematic that Bowler is this way, that he's more likely to be protective of the girl. 
I am just saying that that is that it makes sense for this time period. I, this time period was problematic. This time period being 1993. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> also, okay, do we need to like talk more about the like housekeeper situation with Socrates? Because like with the mother and like Mrs. Stockwell, like. Oh, she hasn't left the house for 28 years. I mean... Sorry, go ahead. That, I just think that was strange. And uh, I, then, like, Socrates is like, I've had a night to think about it. And mm -hmm. I'm here for you. <laughs> no, I, I actually like... Yeah, I like that because when she says that line, when she says, like, she hasn't left the house in 28 years, and then she says the... Like, very shortly after that, the thing in Gaelic, I was like, there's some important information there. She hasn't left the house in 28 years. She doesn't know who these kids are. She can't be the one that they're looking, that Socrates is looking for. Mm -hmm. So what's going on here? Because it can't be her. Mm -hmm. So what's going on with this lady? Who is this lady that he's at, he's talking to right now? Like, that was actually important, because, like, yeah, when when she's, like, she hasn't left in 28 years, it's like, well, she, okay, that's a clue. She can't be the person. Mm hmm So, I I like that. Like, it's, it, Socrates doesn't even reference that, but, like, that's a clue. It can't be her. It can't be the actual woman who owns the house. Well, I mean, he kind of references it. He knows it's not her that it has to be the housekeeper right. or, you know, the person looking over right. Mrs. Stockwell. Right. What Mr. I mean is he, it's Mrs., Mrs. Right. Yeah. But he doesn't reference the 28 years thing. The 28 years thing. I mean, is the a clue. mother hasn't even been there 28 years, right. yeah. which is interesting. And I think that's what kind of threw me off. I was just like, this woman doesn't look like she was taking care of somebody for 28 years. Right, yeah. I don't know. This whole, like... I, the thing with the mom is very weird to me. Yeah. Like, I I do think it's, a, like, a reference to something I don't understand <laughs> and um, would appreciate more if I picked up that reference Mm -hmm. about Socrates' story and it, then it could be but I, I feel like it might just be that like it might literally just be to give more weight to Socrates' story because if if he doesn't find the mom then like he's accomplished nothing because like he there's no point in improving wolf isn't wolf wolf is dead right like wolf isn't a treherne because wolf is dead so like what he's trying to do, his goal, his stated goal from the start, is to prove that Traherne, the that Wolf is not a Traherne. Well, and, and then Tommy gets there anyways and does the whole thing and like, mm -hmm. I guess, oh yeah, the family's together and they get to have a gold mine mm -hmm. and lol, they get to grow up. <laughs> right. But at least they get to grow up with their mom. Mm-hmm. Tommy's probably gonna hate her because he hates everyone and needs to go to counseling now. Well, yes, that's but that true. That doesn't exist, probably. Yeah. In 1893. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, I don't think people it was are the 1900s going... when Freud was working. So. <laughs> yeah. Obviously problematic, but it, like pretty much the pioneer in that sort of. It's really interesting that psychiatry 
seems to be really focused. There must be other people in the field that that got lost that we don't know about. But yeah, but uh, he's, or maybe he, they didn't get lost. Just I don't are, know about them. There are people that inspired Freud. Freud yes. is the reason. It, Freud is sort of the start of this kind of what we understand as psychiatry today. Uh, and so while his ideas may not have endured the initial the initial like overall idea of it has he's the reason we have he's he's the reason we have therapy the way that we have it today Mm-mm. um he may have has a really bad ideas but he's the reason we have therapy as we understand it today or a major part of it so but he was in definitely 1900s uh, so again, this is just a whole episode of us being like, none of this existed at this time, but who cares the orb? <laughs> well, yes, but I'm just saying, yeah, Tommy wouldn't have really been able to get counseling, but I mean, Tommy is like, <sighs> like, I feel like thinking your parents have died and then finding out that isn't the truth is like. Wow. Yeah. No, that's going to be some intense stuff that you need some counseling. Thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. This whole show is that we just saw Bly. I need counseling after seeing Bly go into a tornado into the (laughs) war. Yeah. Oh, okay. I have one last thing I want to make sure that I mention. I forgot about it with the with the dancers. There's one last little bit that I loved with them. Which was that when they pulled the guns on Bowler and Briscoe and to to get them off the stage, and then Briscoe lays out the entire plot of the episode, which when he lays it out is ridiculous sounding. Oh yeah. And they're just like, Oh well, why didn't you just say that? Oh yeah, <laughs> like, I was just like, they're not yeah. gonna I thought they weren't gonna believe him. Yeah. And then I was just like, no, stop talking. They're not mm-hmm. going to believe you. I know. And I love that they and do. I, yeah, so that was good. good. Like the because the the way he lays it out sounds more ridiculous than the recaps that I give. And the recaps that I give are always meant to sound ridiculous. But it sounds more ridiculous when he says it out loud, and no one in this world should believe that. And the fact that they do immediately, I'm just like, yes, perfect. Love. All, all of these women that they're immediately going to be like, yeah, we'll help you out. Let's save this kid. Like, yes, perfect. Love this entire world. So good. Just wanted to bring that up. I do have one last thing. Okay. Because we mentioned them, uh, Briscoe and Bowler surviving, getting shot because they have the shovels. Mm-hmm. under. The one thing I wanted to mention is that I love... Because Briscoe's thing is that the Johnny's always shoot for the heart. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, and because Bowler's like, what if they shot me in the head? And mm-hmm. he's like, well, they always shoot for the heart. And he's like, because of honor. And he's like, what if their honor was slipping? What if they were feeling kind of lazy? What if they missed? And Bowler's just like, then I wouldn't have to have you yelling at me. I'm like, this is a fun little moment. Yeah, I, I agree. I, everything with Briscoe and Bowler is always like chef's kiss. Yeah. Like, I... It's so good. Yeah, I'm so I'm so glad they're just like pals. Because mm-hmm. even when they fight like that later on in the episode, when Briscoe's oh, like, "Oh yeah," 
I'm going to go get Tommy. And Shannon's like, do you promise? And Bowler just goes, when Briscoe says something, he doesn't have to promise. That, like, <laughs> made my heart, like, I actually. Mm-hmm. Polar, mm-hmm. polar. It was such a touching moment. It was it, it's just—it's really touching because Bowler, if anything, is kind of like Tommy. Uh-huh. He w- did not trust Briscoe, right. and Briscoe earned the trust from Bowler. Yeah. They both learned to trust each other. Yeah, as much as they fight, I like the fact that he said that. I'm just mm-hmm. like, oh, so that's how he really feels. Mm-hmm. And mm, yeah, love that. I just love that moment. Mm-hmm. Made me feel real good. Me too. So it's a good yeah. way to end this episode, this roller coaster of an episode. <laughs> it is. Okay, so do you have anything left you want to say to end it? Don't forget to look behind trees because there could be skunks. <laughs> so don't forget to bring your frog spit with you. <laughs> good that's good advice thank you uh, i like to help yeah it's very helpful um and with that this has been episode 19 the adventures of briscoe county jr brooklyn dodgers and this is tjf arcade saying until next week be waiting for your brisk A Different Direction is a TGIFRK production. You can contact the podcast at DiffDirectionPod on Twitter or email us at differentdirection at TGIFRK.com. You can also find information about everything that TGIFRK produces by following us at TGIFRK on Twitter. Thanks for listening.